Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Um, so as a youth group, we have been looking at what might, some might consider simple or basic kind of things or principles, but actually what I think are really foundational for us as Christians. Um, and they are called the beautiful disciplines. And I believe we have a little PowerPoint which should hopefully appear behind me in a moment. Um, but it's based on a book by a guy called Martin Saunders. Um, and it's been really interesting, even for myself, to go through some of these things. Um, it's been a fantastic reminder, and I think I can speak for all the leaders that have taught um, the young people this, that first of all, we've had to look at ourselves and go, oh yeah, are we doing this? Hmm, this is good for us, but are we doing it? And how are we doing it? So whilst I was studying, uh, from preparing for uh, each session, I was reminded of uh, my childhood. So I grew up in a Christian family, uh, we went to church, and I was quite open about my Christian faith to all my friends. Um, I didn't tend to hide it, but it was like, yeah, it's just something we do as a family. Um, but a lot of my friends, the comments I would often get were, oh, but don't you just have to follow a list of rules, and don't you just have to do this, and you have to do that, and you can't come to my party because it's on a Sunday. Uh, and so, like, they would often see this, this negative side. It got me thinking about the viewpoint that Christianity is all about rules, and there's a little bit of truth to that, because the reality is that, yes, it's all about relationship with Jesus, but there are some things that are going to help us in our relationship with Jesus. And so I remember as a young person really stressing, no, 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 it's all just about Jesus. No, no rules, it's all about Jesus, and really trying to fight that side of the argument. But I think what I've come to realize is actually there are things that are good for us to do. Just like it's really good to brush your teeth so your teeth don't fall out, or it's really good to eat your vegetables so you don't get fat, um, or it's really good to do these things so that it doesn't all pile up, um, there are things that are good for us to do in our spiritual walk with God. And so these beautiful disciplines, what we've been looking at, are some of these things. And they're going to, I think the next slide has them all up there. So there are 10 of them, which we're not going to look at all today, don't worry. Yeah, we're going to keep you here till midnight. Uh, sweet, detailed study of them all. Um, so some of these things, which you might think, oh yeah, I, I've heard about this. Yeah, I've done it once or twice. But actually, they're things that we should incorporate in our walk with God regularly. Um, because in order for that relationship with Jesus that I so enthusiastically um, spoke about as a young person, in order for that to flourish, there are things that are going to help us along the way. Action is required. And these things, to me, speak of an action, an action in our faith, of doing something. In order to grow, in order to... Um, to lose weight, to eat more healthily, we, we've actually got to go to the shops and buy the healthy food. Um, I was thinking about those times where I've made New Year's resolutions um, and the times when maybe I've worked well and the times when it has not. Um, and often the difference is I haven't acted upon it. I haven't gone and made the difference. I haven't gone and done something. So the difference for me when they haven't worked is a lack of self-discipline. It's a lack of self control. And to be honest, if my reasons were to, to lose weight or to get fitter, um, I'm not really helping myself if I keep adding chocolate to my basket or if I don't even start a gym membership. Uh, those aren't really going to help me. Uh, maybe if I did those things, I'd start to see improvements. 
And I think the same is with our Christian walk. If we want to get closer to God, if we want to know more about him, if we want to um, see more thing, God more evident in our lives, there's an action, there's a doing something, there's maybe spending time in prayer, as we're going to hear about in a moment, or there's spending time in studying his word, in service, serving him. I'm reminded, however, before we get onto that, of Paul's words to Timothy. And I've got Arwen, who's going to come up and read this passage for us um, now. And Paul is giving advice to Timothy, uh, a young man, early in his ministry. Um, and he reads these words. It's, bit, it's bit, of a, bit of a chunk, but you guys can handle that, right? Yeah, okay. So Arwen, you're going to read from 1 Timothy 4, uh, verse 7 to 16. Okay. Do not spend any time on all the silly stories that don't agree with God's truth. Instead, train yourself to live in a way that honors and pleases God. Training your body helps you in some ways, but trying to please God helps you in every way. It brings you blessings in this life and in the future, too, in the future life too. Here is a true statement that should be accepted without question. We hope in the living God, the savior of all people in particular, he is the savior of all of those who believe in him. This is why we work and struggle. Command and teach these things, you are young, but don't let any, anyone treat you as if you are not important. Be an example to show the believers how they should live. Show them by what you say, by the way you live, by your love, by your faith, and your pure life. Continue to read the scriptures to the people, encourage them, and teach them. Do this until I come. Remember to use the gift you have which is given to you through a prophecy. Sorry. Yeah, prophecy. When the group of elders laid their hands on you, continue to do these things. Give your life to doing them. Then everyone can see how well you are doing. Be careful in your life and in your teaching. Continue to live and teach rightly. Then you then you will save yourself and those who listen to your teaching. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Arwen. In other translations, that was the, the youth Bible, which obviously being today, we choose the youth Bible. Um, it says pursue godliness. Pursue it. There, there's an action to pursuing. It's not something stagnant and stationary, but, but pursuing something that there's, there's, there's something behind it, a driving force. If I'm pursuing something, it's not passive, but it's intentional. And it's the same with devotion, which is the word that, that the Youth Bible used. Uh, but for me, th these, these words, they come from a deeper place, uh, a place of not just wanting to follow rules, but, but passion and devotion come from the heart and what I love here is that, that Paul states, regardless of age, that don't let anyone look down on you because you were young, or, or, or because you were old, or because you're middle-aged. But actually, whatever age you are, we are called to pursue God, to, to pursue godliness. And, and these things that, that the young people are going to talk us through in a moment, we are called to do, to pursue God, to know him more, and then to pass them on. So it doesn't just stop with us, an internal um, kind of aspect, but actually there's an outward aspect to it as well. 
So I think we're almost at that time where we're going to look at what the young people have to say. And I know they're very nervous. Um, and they were like earlier, Hannah, how do you do it? And the reality is, it's, it's nervous whatever, whatever age. How many times you got up on the stage, it's a little bit nervous, but it's a good practice to do. And so as the young people come to share, I want us to bear in mind that these disciplines, these beautiful disciplines um, that we have in our Christian walk are to bring us closer to Jesus. That is the aim of them. And sometimes they might be hard to establish, just like a new habit is, but we see the benefits in the outworking of them. And so um, that's enough for me for now. And I'm going to welcome up Christina, who is going to come and share on the first one of prayer. Um, so Christina, why don't you come on up? Okie doke. So you have prepared this yourself. And I'm going to hold the mic for you while you read out what you have got. And you guys can follow along on a PowerPoint that you put some pictures to, didn't you? Fantastic. Uh, introduction to prayer. As a Christian, the most powerful gift we have is prayer because it allows us to talk directly with God. What is prayer? Prayer is a conversation of my soul with God, my spirit wanting God, and the road to tranquility and peace of mind. What is real prayer? Real prayer is we begin to think God's thoughts, we begin to want what God wants, and we begin to love what God loves. What is effective prayer? Effective prayer is being ready to pray at all times with a focus on God. Focus on those special times of need and urgency, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you in prayer. Jesus teaches about prayer, Luke 11, 1 through 13, verses 1 to 4. One day Jesus was praying when one of his followers said to him, John taught his followers how to pray. Lord, teach us how to pray too. Jesus said to the followers, this is how you should pray. Father, we pray that your kingdom will come. Give us the food we need for each day. Forgive our sins just as we forgive everyone who has done wrong to us. And don't let us be tempted. Verses 5 to 13. Then Jesus said to them, suppose one of you went to your friend's house very late at night and said to him, a friend of mine has come to town to visit me, but I have something for him to eat. Please give me three loaves of bread. Your friend inside the house answers, Go away, don't bother me. The door's already locked. My children and I are on bed. I can't get up to give you anything now. I tell you, maybe friendship is not enough to make him get up to give you anything. But he will surely get up to give you what you need if you continue to ask. So I tell you, continue to ask and God will give. Continue to search and you will find. Continue to knock and the door will open. Yes, whoever continues to ask will receive. Whoever continues to look will find, and whoever continues to knock will have the door opened for them. Do any of you have a son? What would you do if your son asked for you for a fish? Would any father give him a snake? Or if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Of course not. Even you who are bad know how to give good things to your children, so surely your heavenly Father knows how to give the Holy Spirit to the people who ask him. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Thank you, Christina. Perfect. 
I chatted with Christina about, well, should we pick a bit of that scripture out or a bit of that? We were like, yeah, but it's all good. And, uh, and I asked Christina earlier, why, why this passage? She went, it was really interesting. And I think it really gives a full picture of what Jesus says about prayer. Continue to ask, continue to seek, and pray to your Father in heaven because he's not going to give you bad things. He's going to give you good things. Okay. Uh, the next one, leading on from prayer, we're not, I did mention we're not going through all 10 of the disciplines. We're just picking out a few. Um, so we're going to go through just, just half, five of them. So Jalene is going to come up next, um, and she's going to share on the discipline of fasting. Good morning, church. So today I'm going to be talking about fasting. Um, the dictionary definition of fasting is the act of abstaining from all kinds of food and drink, especially as a religious observance. We see an example of how fasting and praying can bring us closer to God in the scripture taken from Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 to 11, when Jesus is tested by the devil in the wilderness. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, if you were the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. From, Je from Jesus' answer, we are taught that fasting comes with praying. In order for us as Christians to become closer with God, we need to continue to have a healthy relationship with God through prayer. The scripture then carries on to say, Then the devil took him to the holy city and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift you up in their hands so that, so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to the very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away from me, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him, and the angels came and attended him. Now you may be thinking that the focus of that scripture was really fasting and was, wasn't really fasting and was more so temptation. However, with fasting comes temptation. If you were asked to stop eating chocolate for a week, I'm sure you'd be tempted to have some, whether it was seen in a shop or from a friend. Jesus, as the, just as the devil tempted Jesus to withdraw from fasting, we may be tempted to withdraw from fasting. Fasting from everyday life to take time with God and pray. Even if you make an effort to take 10 minutes every day to talk to God and thank him for what he's done for you, you have resisted temptation to go about your day and allow things to distract you from spending time with God. So I'd like to encourage you all today to make an effort to talk to God and get closer to him. That doesn't just have to be abstaining from food and drink, but could also be removing everyday distractions such as social media and praying to pursue a healthy relationship with God. In today's world, there are many things that are constantly fighting our attention, and sometimes it feels like God is competing against those things. The discipline of fasting is making a choice to set time aside that we would normally fill with other things and focus that time on God. The aim isn't to make us miserable and take things out of our lives, but to find fulfillment in him. It's a discipline because it goes against our natural earthly desires, but has positive effects and life-giving results. Thank you. Amazing. Um, 
I love that encouragement that, yes, it goes against everything within us. And I think it's, it's a hard one to fast, to give something up. But actually, that fulfillment is in Christ. Um, we are going to move on to study next, which is Michael. So I'm going to invite Michael up. He's going to share something on this. What is studying? The definition of studying is using information to gain knowledge. But there's a second meaning, and that is trying to understand what God wants us to do. We all make mistakes, but we can learn from our mistakes, and we can make the right choices, whether it's showing more love and adoration to our siblings, or being more kind to people around us. Studying is important because it helps us connect with God more. But it, it can have many meanings, and it can also have a meaning for you. How can we connect with God? First of all, you can't just talk to God. You have to see his wonders for yourself. Otherwise, what's the point? Second of all, you have to devote your life to serving God. Make time to worship him. It could even be reading a small passage or joining online um, prayer meetings. The sky is the limit. Now, I have a question for you. How can we influence others into the teachings of God? Fantastic. Really good. Just a lot of something for you to ponder there. A rhetorical question. How, what can you do to influence others to read more of the teachings of God? And I think this morning a lot of what the youth have been sharing is, is, is founded in Scripture. There might not be... Um, a list in the book of whatever about all these other disciplines you have to follow. All these things are in scripture. You've got to read it. You've got to find it. And through that, we've come up with this list uh, of these disciplines. So scripture, the study of scripture is really important in our walk. Um, right, moving on to Jared, who is going to share um, on service, I believe, which, there you go. Hello everyone, I hope you're all well today. Um, I'm going to be talking to you about service. Uh, when I say the word service, many things may come to mind. It could be helping out people in everyday ways, or going the extra mile and helping out in a larger community by volunteering or donating to charity. Um, or you could be thinking of a different type of service, like church services that you go to hear God's word. According to Google, the primary definition of service is the action of helping or doing work for someone. This is the one I'm going to be talking about. One of the key teachings in the Bible is to treat others how you'd want to be treated. And this is also what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 to 39. In this section, Jesus has just been asked what the most important commandment in the law is. He responds with, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and all the prophets hang on these two commandments. Here, Jesus is saying that treating others as yourself is one of the most important teachings for us, second only to loving and worshipping God wholly. This shows just how important it is for us to serve others, as it is in the top two teachings of the Bible. Another point in the Bible that tells us to serve others is during the Last Supper between Jesus and his disciples. This takes place in John chapter 13, verses 1 to 17. Before they ate the meal together, 
Jesus got down on his knees and washed each of the disciples' feet. Because people would walk everywhere at this time, wearing sandals or something, sometimes nothing on their feet at all, they would often get very dirty, so people would often pay to have workers scrub their feet to clean them. This was seen as an undignified job for only the most desperate of people, so it would have been very strange to see someone do it for free, let alone that person being the Son of God. Jesus doing this act shows that if God himself can put ordinary people before himself, we should be able to do this as well. This can be seen in verses 12 to 17, which say, When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. All of this tells us that serving others and putting them before ourselves should be one of our main priorities as Christians. Jesus said that serving others and treating them as ourselves is a key teaching for us, and also showcased this by washing his disciples' feet and putting them above himself right before he was betrayed. Since we aren't in the extreme position Jesus was in, it should be easy for us to do the same, even in simpler ways. Thank you. Thank you. What a, what a challenge for us. You might not need to wash each other's feet because we're not wearing sandals right now. Maybe some of you are. Um, but we're still called to, to serve one another and to show love to one another. What a challenge that is. If Jesus can do it, and he was the son of God, then what does it say about us as we try and pursue that godliness? We have our last young person who's going to come and share. So I want to invite up Hayden, who is going to talk to us on worship. And then we're going to worship together. So Hayden, why don't you come up and share? Hello again. Worship is key in Christianity. There are so many types of worship we use, not just every Sunday, but every day. Worship is done in many different ways. For example, in our music, prayer, enjoying God's company, his creation, and just simply loving each other. Why do we worship God? Well, it is because worshiping together teaches us to submit and surrender our cares to God. Our priorities, plans, hopes, dreams, and even our fears. When we give those to him, he takes it. In the Bible, it urges us to worship him. In Romans 12 to 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is, this is in your true and proper worship. There is one type of worship I'm going to talk about, and that is loving each other. In, John, in 1 John, Seven, it says, Dear friends, let us want, love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Loving each other is a type of worship because it is honoring God by doing what his will by loving each other. The great thing about worshipping God is that we can do it anywhere at any time. 
because he always is listening to us and always always there for us. When I think about this, I feel like we always have someone to turn towards. Worshipping whilst playing music is my favourite type of worship because we can be able to be creative while worshipping God. And in, that, in my opinion, that is very good. Doing something I love and worshipping God at the same time. Thank you. I think they did amazing in sharing and they prepared it all themselves um, and I think they did a fantastic job of capturing something of those disciplines um, and doing it all in just a few minutes. There's much more to each of them, um, to each of these subjects. But I guess what I want to stress this morning is, yes, we have these, these 10 beautiful disciplines and things that are going to help us in our relationship with God, but I want to make sure that we're not feeling any form of condemnation for not doing these things. Because the reality is to have a relationship with Jesus we just need to accept him for who he is, that he is the son of God, that he died and he rose again, and that he forgives us for everything we do wrong. That is the basis of our Christian faith. But in order to grow, in order to grow in our faith, in order to, to get closer to him, these things are here to help us. They're not here to condemn us or to shame us. And so in saying that, I thought what might be good for us to do this morning is, is as the band, they're going to they're gonna play a, a final song and we're going to celebrate together what God has done for us. Um, because one of those disciplines was celebration. And we didn't cover that this morning, but we can still do that. We can still sing together with joy that, that we have a God who loves us. Uh, and then maybe this week as you go out, a challenge for you might be to, to do a little bit of a spiritual health check. Uh, to think through, actually, is there anything, any one of these that maybe has challenged me this morning? Maybe I don't study God's word enough. Maybe, maybe I haven't fasted at all. I've never done that. And maybe I want to give something up um, and then spend that time instead at, at praying and spending time with God. So, so as you go out this week, spend some time, do a bit of a spiritual health check and see where are you in your relationship with God at the moment. But I'm going to just uh, end us there and we're going to celebrate and we're going to praise God together. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.